most people have certain philosophies uh, on many aspects of life, whether they realize it or not. Uh, if you're a leader, do you have a leadership philosophy? Do you know what it is? If not, maybe it's time to adopt one and start to put some thought into it. That's actually a challenge that I'm making to myself after listening to today's episode with Grant Botma, who has founded his company uh, called Stewardship, which has been featured on Inc. Uh, 5000's most successful companies. He, he talks about his leadership style today, and I'm sure it's going to be uh, very impactful for, for all who listen to it. So stick around. Hey, what's up, guys? This is John Ryan Kane, too, and this is Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. What's up, everybody? God bless you, and welcome to another episode of Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. I am your host, John Ryan Cantu. This is the show that brings you leadership tips for ministry leaders, business leaders, entrepreneurs, people who have been where you are and people who have been where you are wanting to go. And we bring them in and we just talk to them and pick their brain and get some insight on them. Uh, today's guest, um, they actually, I, I guess they have a booking agent who reached out and um, they told me a little bit about Grant. Uh, that's our guest today, Grant Botma. And uh, I was reading over his, you know, biography and 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 a little bit about him. I I really thought to myself that he'd be a, a really perfect uh, representation of the type of people that we we like to talk to. Um, so I I invited him on, sent him a formal invitation, and here we are. He is the founder of Stewardship and the leader of its nationally ranked team of top producers. Thanks to a uh, thriving company culture, Grant's team has won numerous awards, including national performance rankings like top 1% and top 100. His leadership has grown stewardship to be an Inc. 5,000 fastest growing company in America. He lives in Arizona with his wife and three children. He's the author of a new book called The Problem Is Not Their Paycheck, which comes out uh, this month, uh, November 19th, actually. And we'll be talking a little bit about that in his philosophy. So without any further ado, let's bring in Grant Botma. Hey, Grant, welcome to the show today, man. Thank you so much for uh, for being with us. How are you? I'm doing well, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a pleasure uh, to have you on. We were having a we kind of had a pre-conversation a couple of days ago, and uh, you know, you just kind of started talking about your, uh, you know, your company, the way that you uh, lead that, uh, your team, and I got really excited to um, dive in deeper uh, today. So we'll we'll go in, uh, we'll go through a lot of um, kind of your company and, and kind of your your company culture and your philosophy and stuff like that. I'm excited to talk about that. Um, you're you're from uh, Arizona, is that right? That's right. Yeah, it's uh, 75 and sunny here in the middle of November. Oh, nice. Yeah, we've actually had a pretty uh, cold week over here in Texas in Houston. Um, I mean, we've been getting like 30 degree weather, and so that's that's kind of unusual, you know, for for this time um, in Texas. Usually, we're we're walking around in shorts and stuff. Uh, so 75. That sounds that sounds nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, so let, let's get into it, man. You know, before we dive really deep. Um, just kind of tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, maybe your background, upbringing, kind of stuff like that. Sure, yeah. Um, I am the middle of seven kids. I grew up on a farm. Wow. Um, and 
to be honest with you, and a lot of people hear about some of the uh, quote-unquote success that I've had or uh, where where I've been and, and what I've done, they, they assume that I came from a family of money, uh, which wasn't necessarily true. Um, my father wasn't the wisest with finances, and he himself made some mistakes. Um, he actually made a few, so many mistakes that there was a time in my life that where my father was was in prison oh, wow. uh, during junior high. Um, so again, middle of seven kids. Uh, so especially during the time when my my father was in prison, my mom was just trying to figure things out. She, um, uh, all she knew how to do was really take care of kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and she was yeah. great at it. Yeah, uh, and she was yeah. she's just a wonderful woman. But um, sadly, when when that job of taking care of children, it doesn't really pay a whole lot. Sure. Uh, so we uh, didn't have a ton of money. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't necessarily come from money. Mm-hmm. Um, but through some great opportunities that the Lord had put in front of me and um, some amazing mentors and people that God had put in my life, um, I was able to get, get some decent employment and get some decent jobs. Yeah. Um, fast forward to where, I'm, where I was in college, I, I was uh, working as a mortgage professional uh, at about 19 years old and um, decided that I wanted to learn more about God's Word. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just used Google for the very first time. This was the first time I ever used Google. Okay. And I, I, I Googled uh, uh, colleges where you can learn about the Bible. I didn't know there was a thing called Bible colleges. Right. And funny enough, there was a Bible college in my town. And I, I, I uh, went there that day. And said, "Hey, I want to learn about the Bible. I want to go to school here." And they're like, "Ah, oh, well, school starts in a week." And I'm like, "Okay, sign me up," you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, because of my job, I, I had the money to be able to go, and I didn't need to apply for all the FAFSA and all yeah. that other stuff. Oh and, man, that's a blessing. Um, yeah. yeah, it was great. And uh, I thought I wanted to be a uh, youth pastor because my youth pastor was really cool, and I wanted to be cool like him. Yeah, <laughs> um, but. Uh, uh, so I went in as uh, majoring in Christian ministries, okay. but then I uh, eventually transitioned to that major into business administration and actually double majored in business and Christian okay. uh, ministries. Okay. Um, so yeah, that, then uh, right out of college, I decided to start uh, what I what I have now, which is which is stewardship. And stewardship, mm-hmm. we do home loans, insurance, and investments with wisdom and love. So we help people with. Uh, many areas of their finances and, um, again, try to do that and give them the advice they need yeah. and help them with the products and yeah. services they need with, uh, with, with love. Awesome. That sounds great, man. There's a lot, uh, lot to unpack there. And I want to ask you, um, you know, just, just hearing you talk about, uh, growing up in a, in a certain environment that, uh, you know, maybe your, your parents weren't uh, the greatest with, with finances, um, a lot of times when that happens, uh, you know, the children kind of grow up following some of the same habits as their parents because, um, you know, money's typically not taught in, in schools, in the school system. So it's kind of like you have you either learn it from or, or no, you learn it from your parents, <laughs> whether you learn the good habits or the bad habits. That, that's kind of where you learn it from, at, at least at first. Um, so there had to be. I guess a moment for you, and you kind of brushed over. You said there was some uh, mentors in your life, but I want to kind of ask you about that. What what made you, uh, I guess, make wiser decisions uh, with with your money? Was there anything uh, in your life that you said, "Man, I, I don't want to 
I don't want to do it this way. I don't want to do it, you know, quite like my parents did it. Um, and if that was the case, where did you kind of get that that help and that mentorship from? Man, that is an excellent question. I would say um, that one of the big things uh, that you've identified is I don't want to do it that way, right? I've, I had this ability to recognize, like, ooh, I see people doing this thing over here. Mm, don't do that, sure. you know? Um, I don't know where I got that. And if I'm candid with you, it's probably one of the things I've recognized as one of the biggest blessings in my life. And I praise God for it often. I pray over that, uh, pray that over my children all the time. And I ask God to give my kids that ability to be able to see things that other people are doing and to be able to wisely discern, ooh, that's a good idea. Do that or no, that's that's a bad idea. And there were there were people in my life where I recognized, ooh, that's a bad idea. From my parents with the finances to to, to my parents with with alcohol, mm-hmm. um, I just decided, you know, I'm just not going to engage with things that way because yeah. that yeah. doesn't look like it produces good things here, and it doesn't look like what's what's in God's word. Yeah. From an early age, I, I had a churning in my stomach. The Holy Spirit was working in me that whenever things or people were doing things that were different than what he outlined in his word, mm-hmm. at least I knew about in his word, yeah. um, it it kind of churned my stomach. And um, it was really obvious to me how often God talked about money. Yes. He talked about it all the time. And I didn't necessarily understand why until you know later on in, in college. Um, and that why basically ended up being like, oh, that's right. He's smart and he loves us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he uh, really knows that money impacts relationships. Right, right. definitely. You know, it, it can be it can be the number one cause. It is the number one cause for for divorce mm-hmm. in in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, money can be the reason why sometimes pe- parents have bad relationships with their kids. Yeah. Um, and honestly, yeah. money can be one of those things that can prevent you from an intimate relationship with with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but the great news is money can actually enhance relationships too. It doesn't have to be the downside to it, uh, especially if you do the things with money as God commanded. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've kind of always had that thing in me where I saw people doing stuff and I I don't know where exactly it came from, but it was God's word for sure that helped direct me and the Holy spirit that helped direct me in understanding the importance of money. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's, been at least in the past uh, somewhat of a stigma when it comes to money in in the church um, because I think there's this mentality that well if 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 you're you're driven by this this thought about money well then you're automatically you're you're just a greedy person right and, and that's not that's not the case there's there's being wise with your finances and like you said um, Jesus talks about that all over all over the New Testament um, and so there is that. Uh, um, there is that desire, I think now, uh, especially for from from younger people who want you know financial wisdom because they don't want to you know they don't want to be bogged down by debt, and so they're always kind of looking for um, you know mentorship and and uh, you know books. You know that was one of the things that really helped helped me. You know, uh, growing up, um, I, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I'm not sure if you you ever read that book, but um, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it was a, really a mind shift uh, for me and. And, uh, you know, it, it really kind of helped me want to, you know, be better with with uh, my money. And, and a lot of times that often happens after mistakes, you know, have been made after, you know, you, you took out 
uh, you know, a loan that you probably shouldn't have <laughs> done and, and drowned yourself in student debt and all that stuff. But, you know, um, you know, financial wisdom is, uh, is definitely taught in, in, in scripture and we should pursue it. And, uh, it sounds like that's what, uh, stewardship, at least one aspect of it does. Um, I was looking over your, your website and I think you, you guys also help with like, uh, wealth management, financial planning, budgeting, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. what, what, um, I, I guess we can kind of get into your, your company cause I'm, I'm interested in that. Um, it, it was featured on, on the, uh, on the Inc. Uh, 5,000 as one of the most successful companies. And, um, I, um, I, I fact checked it. I, I looked it up and everything, and, and sure enough, you guys came up. You were there, um, and you had, uh, you know, you guys have had tremendous, uh, tremendous growth. And I want to kind of just talk about um, a little bit about what you guys do, but maybe the the motivation um, behind uh, starting that company. Why why did you start uh, Stewardship? Yeah, um, as mentioned before, I kind of had a churning in in my stomach when things weren't going the way that I believed God wanted them to go. And when I was working in the mortgage industry, um, I was seeing a bunch of uh, financial professionals that were putting people in my community um, in financial products or helping them with financial services that were not best for the person, were not best for for the customer. Uh, These sales individuals were selling these products or services because it gave them a really great commission. You know, so they could make their BMW payment or they could, you know, qualify for a vacation that the, you know, company was giving away to, you know, Cabo or something like that, you know. And it that really bothered me because what would happen, you would literally see these customers come back a couple of years later because now they were in financial trouble and they were asking uh, for help to to because the, the previous situation didn't put them in the right situation. Um, I just, it, I hated that. Yeah. I just thought that was wrong, especially as I evaluated God's word and what God had t- told us about money. So I just decided, um, you know, you know, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to, I'm going to create a place where people can go and whether they know it or not, the finances we help them with will not be the reason why they have issues in their life. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I, I can only control so much, you know, that it's the individual, it's the customer that has to make some intentional decisions. But right. I don't want the stuff that I help them with to be a hindrance. Right. I want it to enhance their life. Sure. And yeah. um, I want it to really enhance the relationships. So uh, I, I, I did that. I wrote out of this big old uh, kind of business plan of how I was going to do it and why I was going to do it. And I showed it to my boss at the time and who was a believer. And he actually was a, a leader in the youth group that I uh, went to in, in high school. And he kind of recruited me to come work for him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, great, this is really cool. And I think this is a great idea, but there's a problem. If I did this, I wouldn't make any money. Um, and as wonderful as my youth leader was, and as great as a guy as he was, he was like many people who, kind of were had different mindsets mm-hmm. from Sunday to the rest of the week. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, you know, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to start a company then, and I'm going to live out this kind of mission and vision that I have. And I don't want to separate how I think or act on Sunday at church versus how I do the rest of that. I mean, that just sound 
it's never aligned with that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I wanted to create a place where people could, could get genuinely helped. So yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. And so, and so the, the first maybe year or two, um, how, how did that look like for, uh, for the business and, and, and for you as, as the owner of it, um, you know, you start a business and I've, I've started several and it, it's always, it's fun, you know, it, it, it's fun creating things and, and kind of envisioning what you want for the future. Um, but when you kind of get the ball rolling, it, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to launch, you know, uh, in, in a successful way. So was that, was that the case for you? Did it kind of take, a, you know, a little bit of time before you gained traction? Oh man. Uh, not only was I extremely young, um, and trying to figure it out as I go, <clears throat> but, um, right when I started, I started out with a mortgage company, uh, a couple months later, the kind of crash or collapse mm-hmm. in the mortgage industry happened yeah. <clears throat> where, you know, the recession and all the mortgage products and everything changed. And it was, it was really, really tough. Um, again, I was trying to figure stuff out as I was going and whether it had to do with running a business or marketing or, um, managing employees or building a team. I, I didn't really know how to do any of that. I was following a lot of the stuff that I learned in school and some of it worked and some of it really didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the good news is um, there were two things that I believe led to um, success. Uh, the one, the first thing was I, I just took action. Okay. I wasn't scared. I wasn't fearful. I didn't believe I had to have it all together before I took action. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people, especially in the finance world, that get intimidated by starting a finance company because when you drive downtown, there's all these gigantic, tall mm-hmm. buildings you know, uh, that are all in the finance industry. Well, well, for me, there's, I have uh, enough arrogance about me, I guess, <laughs> that when I see those, those buildings, I just say to myself, well, that's just another individual somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Some man or yeah. some woman like me started that. Sure. So why can't I? Yeah. And, um, at the, you know, especially when, with, with how easy information is available to me, I don't believe that I can't, that somebody's going to be able to outwork me, you know, or somebody's going to be able to do something and the information to how, of how to do it is going to be completely hidden from me. So I just would go and figure it out. I just took action. That's good. And the reason why I took action, and this leads to the second thing that I believe uh, had the success is I, I think my heart was in the right place. God had put, um, not, I don't know if it was like a calling. Mm-hmm. It's not like there was a Moses in the sure. burning bush yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. God's yeah. never audibly spoken to me mm-hmm. before. He never appeared to me in a dream. But in his word, it's very clear um, what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, I'm supposed to love people well. And I'm passionate about finances. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I decided uh, I'm going to love people through finances. And that's going to be my mission and purpose. Nice. And um, because of that heart, it motivated me to take action. So my actions weren't selfish. They were others-centered. And I believe um, with that yeah. purpose and, and, and leading to just taking action, that, that led to some success. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, a lot of people get stuck in that, that first step there, action, not taking action, um, kind of overanalyzing things. And they get stuck in that analysis paralysis um, where they, um, yeah, they, they just, they're intimidated. Um, by what could be or by, you know, the failure or by, um, a lot of times it's not even just the failure. It's, it's having other people know that you failed, you know, that's, that's kind of, uh, intimidating for a lot of people. So you just went after it. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, there's, there's John, there's fear. A lot of times people say, they say mm-hmm. like when you, when you start a business or you just do something like this, 
you're putting yourself out there. Definitely. And everybody's yep. going to see. Yep. And and people are will not take action. The reason why you don't take action is because of fear. Yep. And a lot of times that fear is being driven by a lie or something that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Or or and and some of that lie and some of that truth uh, needs to be delineated by where you find your identity. Mm, I don't find my identity in any success or failure in my business. I find my identity in Christ Jesus. And I know that as long as I'm pursuing him and pursuing loving people well through this endeavor, it doesn't matter if I quote unquote fail or succeed because I'm worshiping the Lord through this. Yeah. That's so good. Bottom line, you know, And, and, uh, that, that gave me the confidence I needed to just act and not worry about any of that fear that I think typically uh, paralyzes people. That's great. Yeah. That's great advice. Very great advice. And it does oftentimes paralyze people. Um, but you know, just do it, do what, uh, you feel called to do, um, or what your purpose is. And, and, and if you're, if you're doing it with, uh, with Christ in mind, you're doing it in, uh, in this worshipful way. I mean, um, power to you, you know, just, just get after it. <laughs> so, um, now eventually it started to, to, to grow and, and, and to thrive. And, um, I'm going to say that a lot of that is due to the way that you, um, you adopted a certain culture into your business that you kind of inculcated in, in your, your, your staff, your employees, your, your business leaders, um, maybe a, a certain philosophy that you said, okay, this is the way that we're going to do things. This is our company culture. This is our mission. Um, and I, I'm sure that a lot of that had to do with your success. And uh, I kind of want to get into to that a little bit. Um, but, uh, th- and this is something that I, I didn't, I didn't uh, prep you for in, in, the, in the show notes, but um, when, you're, when you're hiring someone, um, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in what you look for. Exactly. As a, you know, as the business owner, um, what do you look for in your, in your staff? What do you want to bring? Uh, what do you want to see them bring in value to your company? Yeah. You know, John, it's funny that you asked that question. Um, after this podcast, I have an interview. We're growing and I need to hire somebody. So they're okay. coming in for an interview today. Nice. So nice. this is extremely applicable. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, basically what I look for is um, somebody who is um, aligned with my company purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily look for skills. I genuinely believe that um, for most people, uh, I can teach them basically how to do anything. Uh, and you know, there are certain people that are wired to do certain things better than others. And, you know, you kind of look through some of that, obviously you don't want to put somebody in a situation to fail. Uh, but the, the, the number one thing that we focus on is somebody that aligns with the company culture. And that means they have to align with our unified purpose. And, um, you know, whenever I, I put out, uh, um, a job posting, we're, we're, thankful and grateful enough that we have a, a, not only a good internal company culture, but we have a great external culture. Our community loves who we are. So I get resumes that just fly in who have people who just want to be a part of this team. Mm -hmm. And I'm not looking for the most skilled or, uh, the best resume in that regard. I'm looking for somebody who is selfless and who has a, um, habit of putting other people's needs uh, ahead of their own. Mm-hmm. An example, the person that's coming in this morning, the reason why she got into the interview is because she was able to prove that. 
when I looked at her life and throughout the uh, kind of process of discovering about her um, and what she had revealed to us through the interview process, um, she is genuinely serving others all the time. And it's a, it's a default in her life. So that, that means she will have an others-centered focus when she comes to be a part of our team, which yeah. means she'll fit right in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm rooting for her. Hopefully she gets the job. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well that, yeah, that, that sounds great, you know, um, and I, I do believe that that is probably a reason why your company has has uh, taken off um, because you are you're integrating a, a culture that that cares for that genuinely cares for for the people. And obviously you're you know, this is this is a business and, and, and you're at the end of the day, you, you want to you know, want to bring some bacon home. Right. Um, but you want to do it in a way that that genuinely helps people and, and, and improves their lives and their financial health and all that stuff. And um, so I, I want to get I got I got I to gotta interrupt that for a second, yeah, because there's something there's a lie that I think people believe with that. I, I hear this all the time. It's like, well, Grant, that sounds really neat. But I understand. Yeah, you have a business and you've got to run a business, too. And people like separate these two things about doing the right thing, but then also having a profit. And I believe uh, and I know from experience that they're not separated. See, here, here's the heart of every business. Every business is providing a product or a service to somebody else. You're finding a need and you're filling it. Mm. And the best way mm. to fill needs is to genuinely put other people before yourself, like serving people. Yeah. So quite literally, yeah. fundamentally, if you want to have a successful business that's sustainable – That'll last for a long time. There's some ways that you can cheat at basically anything in life and maybe have some, you know, immediate success, but it probably won't last. If you want to have sustainable success, you just have to serve people mm -hmm. in a business. Yeah. Like bottom line, that's it. Yeah. So I, I, I'm applying these biblical principles to my business. Um of genuinely serving people. And I'm looking for people that, and it sounds really oh, altruistic grant. That's really nice. But like, no, really from a selfish business standpoint too, like fundamentally, if I don't do that, I'm going to be in trouble. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing, you know, like if they're, they're they are one, um, it's not two separate things, R genuinely serving and helping other people, finding needs and filling them, loving people. Well, that brings home the bacon. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. what yeah. that creates profit. And guess what? God's word shows us that doing that is absolutely praiseworthy mm -hmm. and it's an unbelievable way to worship him. Yeah. Um, and that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're finding opportunities, um, to, to help people and that at the same time creates a business opportunity, um, you know, to, to serve the needs of people, to, to care about them. Um, and to fill their needs. I mean, everybody has needs, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, and that's what you're doing. That's that's awesome. And um, I mean, I'm 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 a big fan. I'm I'm already a big fan of your of your company. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk a little bit about your kind of your leadership philosophy. Um, we were talking about this a couple days ago, and and I appreciate uh, you sending me um, a copy of your of your book. Um, PDF, mm. PDF form. And, you know, I, I know that's going to be released here, um, actually in the next coming days, right? November 19th, I believe that is. Um, that's correct. Yeah. And so uh, I, I got to, you know, skimming through it and th there's a lot of great content in there. And I, I really, you know, I can't wait to just sit down and actually read it just to read it, not to, 
not to, <laughs> not just to kind of you know prepare for for this, but um, the book is called "The Problem Is Not Their Paycheck," um, and you kind of lay out a few of your, I guess, key principles um, when it co- comes to um, leadership and creating a culture where employees um, feel, I guess, empowered. Um, and feel like they, they want to stay, you know, a, apart from whatever they're, they're making, um, they want to stay because of, of these three uh, principles. That, and so I kind of want to talk a little bit um, about this, but, but first I'd like to know, how did you discover these, these principles that, that uh, now kind of form your, your philosophy and leadership? Yeah, so we we have had some success, as you mentioned, and sometimes that success creates some attention. And when people ask me, you know, Grant, how are you getting the success? That the the answer is my team. Like I, we don't do anything uh, as to the level that we're currently doing it at without the people, um, without the culture that we have. And um, that's kind of what led me to to write this book because I thought to myself, man, there's there's got to be a way to help more people about this, other than speaking at these conferences and doing things to try to help in that regard. So uh, I basically put all the stuff that I do to make an awesome company culture, to have employees be top performers in this book. And, um, you know, I arrived at that through, as we kind of mentioned at the beginning, through some some tougher times trying to figure it out as I was going. Um, I applied some of the principles that I learned from from school in the management books into managing employees, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually was it was terrible. Um, and you know, most of the traditional management stuff tells you to motivate and to lead um, with a motivation of money. Um, and we were kind of led to believe that money is the primary motivator for people in our society. Um, and although money is important, that isn't true at all. Money is not the primary motivator. So I decided to dive in, you know, both feet head first, however you want to call it, and study behavioral science. Um, really get into how, why people make the decisions we make. And I genuinely compared them against God's word about how he made us. And uh, through that, I found that there are three things that we are motivated by more than money. And those three things are this. The first one is uh, freedom. Uh, We are motivated by freedom. Uh, We want autonomy. We want convenience. We want to be able to do things on our terms. And we kind of have been, we have been put in a free world to be able to act on that. Nobody likes the feeling of being enslaved or having servitude. Um, Then the second thing is uh, affirmation. Mm People want to know that they're doing it right. As, as much as we want the freedom, as much as we like the convenience, we all want to know if the things that we're doing is right for us. And uh, we sometimes want to be guided through that. Um, and uh, the most important thing that we're motivated by, so the last thing here, is, is purpose. God put us here for a purpose, and we need to have a purpose in our company cultures. And in my opinion, it needs to be a unified purpose, a purpose that is selfless, that requires sacrifice, um, that unifies uh, a team together uh, to pursue it together on a daily basis. Yeah. So, yeah, that's okay. kind of the framework of the book. Yeah, okay, so, for, so we have freedom, uh, affirmation, and then, and then purpose. So um, how do we, I guess, as, as, as leaders— 
Um, how would you say we, we implement those, those things? How do we apply those things? And, and perhaps you can maybe give us an example um, for, for each one of those things. I know that I was reading, I was reading a part in your book um, uh, in regards to freedom where I think you guys took like a, like a day at the office and basically you initiated it. You, you said uh, this was during like spring training uh, for baseball. And you said, hey, I'm, I'm going to go watch a game. And I'm going to kind of work from there. And um, a lot of people kind of followed that. And, and you say that you, you guys took like blankets and y'all had some food there. And you just kind of created a, a, a really cool, free uh, environment. Maybe, maybe talk a little bit about that so, so that people can maybe get ideas. Well, how do, I, how do I give people freedom? Because I think that is, that's one of the hardest things for, for a lot of leaders, especially if they like to, you know, to be more hands-on. Um, kind of controlling. It's like, well, if I give you too much freedom, what if you, you know, what if you mess up? You know, what if you do, don't do it right? How can you kind of encourage leaders to, hey, let 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 go a little bit more? Yeah, so uh, freedom is going to look different for every business uh, because the best way to make sure freedom works is to first have a unified purpose. Everything has to point to the unified purpose. So if I don't have a purpose, I can't give my team freedom because there's nothing that really guides them to act in that freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, our purpose here, it, and the, a, a unified purpose is different than like a mission statement. This is not where like the C-suite owners go to like a cabin and talk for three days, you know, drinking brandy and smoking cigars about this grandiose mission statement that's going to have $30 words in it that nobody will be able to repeat whenever they get back down because it's so confusing, right? Like this isn't something that you put that fills up a half a sheet of paper. Our, Our unified purpose at stewardship, you know, simply put is to love people through finances. Done. That's it. And uh, it has to be simple. It has to be repeatable. It has to require sacrifice. If you want to love people well, you have to put other people's needs ahead of your own. And it has to uh, have an emotionally charged word that might stand out. I mean, we're in finances and we say the word love. You know, that's just pretty crazy, too. So that that is our purpose. Um, so the freedom that I give to people is pretty big and bold. Uh, and I'm not a quote unquote retail operation where we have like these office hours where people walk in and out of our office. Um, so my freedom that I provide to people is basically they can come and go as they please. Um, there's no scheduled breaks or lunches. Um, I believe everybody who works for me is an adult. They're big boys and big girls. They can tell themselves when they need to go to the bathroom or when they need to eat. I don't want to have to tell them that. I don't micromanage them in any way. Um, I just make sure as long as the purpose is getting met, as long as you're loving people, their finances, then we're good, Mm. you know? And um, everything points to that. So this example of uh, um, going to the, the game, you know, one of the freedoms that I give is remote work that you can work from different locations if you need to, or work from home if you need to so much so that I give the resources to be able to do that for all of my employees. Mm-hmm. And, um, that day was about giving them an example of working remotely. It is unbelievably beautiful. Uh, here in Arizona during the spring. It's one of the best places in the world to be, if, especially if you like baseball, because of the spring training. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to have everybody cooped up inside. I wanted some freedom myself to, to get outside and be around baseball, which I love, and still do my work. So I said, hey, I'm going to go work. Yeah. Y'all have the freedom to follow me and yeah. come with. Right. 
Right. So I just bought a whole bunch of tickets to the grass berm, and we rolled out blankets. And some of us worked, and some of them didn't. I wasn't micromanaging people there and telling them to, you know, get to work. Um, the the bottom line is, I have a, a purpose, and the team of people that I have, I trust to to pursue it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, you need so that. that's the word. Yeah. You said something key there. You said uh, trust, and I suppose that you would you would get all of this. Um, you would get this vibe from from people. Uh, on the front end, when you're interviewing them, when you're talking to them, when you decide to bring them on board, um, that's that's when you can kind of ask yourself the question, is this a person that I feel comfortable giving freedom to? Is, is he going to be uh, res- responsible to it? Is he, you know, is, is he going to, would he take it too far and, and just not work? You know, um, you kind of make those decisions in the front end, like you said earlier, you hire people who align with your purpose. If they align with your purpose, you feel comfortable giving them the, you know, the, the freedom because at the end of the day, they align with your purpose. If they didn't align with your purpose, well, then you probably wouldn't give, you probably wouldn't hire them to, to begin with, um, let alone give them freedom to do whatever they want because they don't align with your purpose. So I, I think that you know, leaders on the front end, when you're bringing in leadership, when you're bringing in staff or volunteers um, to, get, to get that that alignment of purpose, I think, is 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 of the utmost importance because from there you can kind of you don't have to micromanage people because you know that they align with your purpose, um, they're in it, you know, for for the mission, they're behind you, and um, you're you're comfortable kind of letting go of of uh, of you know giving them a little bit of freedom. So, um, I think that's great. I think that's great, and you you tied that into to scripture as well, right? Um, because you talk about um, how God has given us freedom, and that's kind of the way that you get that from. You know, that, that's the way that you get that principle uh, biblically, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I believe God has put us on this earth uh, to worship and to love, and love is not something that you can be forced to do. It quite literally requires freedom in order for it to happen. That's a fundamental thing of love. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were created with freedom and to want to act on freedom. As a result, so um, freedom is a really, really, really big deal, yeah. uh, and uh, it's a big deal in Scripture for sure. And I, I would say this too: it's, it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm filtering through those things and trying to be a good steward of every opportunity and person that's coming through the interview process and trying to be wise and discerning in, in who I choose. But ultimately, it, it, the ability to give freedom to somebody is a choice by me. Trust is not something earned. I'm not asking somebody to um, first behave, you know, and then I'm going to, um, you know, get them to to belong. From the beginning, like this is going to sound really weird, but the person that's going to come in for the interview today, I'm going to tell them that myself and my wife, we love her because we believe love is a choice. Yeah. And I'm going to trust her because I believe trust is given. Definitely. definitely. And I, tr- I, I, I give trust to every single one of my employees. I give love to every single one of my employees. Both of those are, are choices that I am using my own free will to give to them. And I make them feel like they belong, know that they belong, and then they behave. Does that make sense? Yes. And, and, and it, it's, it's uh, too many times we're – 
saying that people will need to earn this trust, and I can't trust my employees, Grant. I can't give them that type of freedom. You don't understand. If I gave them that freedom, they wouldn't work. Well, that's a you problem. You need to start trusting them. Or if you hired them and you can't trust them, then that's still a you problem because you hired untrustworthy people or people you can't trust. So you've got to hire people you can trust, and you as a leader have to start giving trust. Mm -hmm. And that will allow your team to have the freedom that they need to thrive. We all need and want self-directed team members. My team is able to be crazy successful because they're not waiting on cues from me to act. And most importantly, because they're on a mission with me, they are looking for even more ways to better love and serve our community through finances that they act on them because they know they have the freedom to do so. Some of the best um, innovations in our products and services and the way that we engage have all come from my team because they're self-directed. And I trust them, and I love them, and they're in the trenches, and they're working hard to love others, and they come up with different ways and innovations to make it happen. So as a manager, I want to – I don't want to have to work into my business and be in the day-to-day every single day. I want to work on my business, a 30,000-foot view, and I want to add value to my team where value is added most. I should not be – doing the sales or being an owner and an operator because I don't trust other people to do it like me. Like, look, no one's going to do it like me. And that's probably good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, we're different people and that's fine. But as long as it's done with the right mission in mind and I have enough grace and trust in me and I love them well, then it'll get acted out maybe even better than I could have done it myself, which is the truth now. My team does things better than I could have ever done them by myself. Yeah. And it leads to to kind of what I've had this year, John. I, my assistant counted it up. I've had 67 days where I've been out of the office, um, not including weekends. So you add weekends would be more than 67 days. Uh, but this year has been the most profitable year we've ever had. My team is literally breaking records again this year. That's awesome. They are performing at unbelievably high levels. And I'm not saying that as a braggadocious thing, I'm telling that so that your listeners can understand like, oh, this works. Yeah. 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 Give, give people freedom, trust them, yeah. um, and, and let them be self-directed. Uh, because when I was out of town, when I was on vacation in Hawaii with my family, they were quite literally breaking records when I was out of the office. You know, it was, it's a cool thing. Awesome. It's a cool you don't thing. You have to worry about what's going on back home. You can just enjoy your vacation. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And all of this is, I believe, is really creating a lot of value for a lot of people um, because it, it is it is quite uh, contrary to maybe a lot of people's um, idea of leadership, um, especially when it comes to some of these like like freedom. And I, I know I know there's a lot of leaders who, who like to give out freedom, but um, at the same time, there's the, there's those who maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable and, you know, they feel like they need to micromanage. They feel like they need to control and and um, uh but I mean, the the, the results are, are speaking for themselves um, when it comes to you and your your business. Um, so I would definitely encourage people to to adopt that mindset to just give trust, um, give freedom. And I think uh, I think like, like like you say, Grant, um, you're gonna see we're gonna see the results for, uh, of all of it. Um, 
affirmation. And again, it, it works go, go different ahead. with every business, though. Like, I don't want people thinking like you have to do what Grant does and let people come and go as they please and as much vacation time and as much. Like, you don't have to do that. Every business is going to be different. It has to point to your unified right. purpose. The way yeah. to create freedom to answer the, I guess, the initial question is this: you genuinely put yourself in the shoes of your team. And you ask, how, what am I doing or what about my experiences here as an employee make me feel enslaved? What are things that I can do to remove that feeling of entrapment to create a sense of freedom? Right. Yeah. And it could be little things. It could be big things. It could be letting them take personal calls on their cell phone when they're working or letting them watch Netflix while they work. It could be you know, breaks whenever they want. It could, there's a, a ton of different things that it could be, but just think through genuinely. What are those experiences you make your employees go through to work? And what about those experiences feel like they're enslaved and see what you can do to release or remove those. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely the, the implementation will – you know, it'll look differently from organization to organization, but yeah, that 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 principle yeah. is 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 uh is definitely key. And I've I've seen it. You know, I've I've seen it work in in my own uh, leadership, um, where I would give people you know just complete, you know, um, you know freedom and and autonomy, and let them know that because that empowers them. You know, um, it lets them it lets them feel it gives them this sense of ownership and and and, and pride in themselves. Um, that um, I don't have to be breathing down their necks for every every everything that they decide to do. You know, um, I, I give them that trust. I give them the uh, the freedom to um, to work as they please, and and I, I trust that they're going to do a great job. Um, so I love that. I love that point. Um, now that second one, affirmation. I think that one is is very good, and I'm actually um, I'm a words of affirmation guy. Like I. I that's that's the way that uh, I, I guess that's one of the love languages. Um, that's that's the way that I feel appreciated is is by words of affirmation, um, and that's just the way that I'm wired. And there's a lot of people that are wired that way. Um, now, if you're a leader who maybe isn't a words of affirmation person, maybe it's harder for for them to give out words of affirmation and and and, and let people know that they're um, appreciated. Um, but if you could, just maybe for a couple minutes here, just talk about why this is important, affirmation. Yeah, so I guess I need to say that this is more than just like positive words of encouragement. This is not like a millennial grants telling everybody that they have to get a trophy. Mm -hmm. You know, this is gumdrops and rainbows and unicorns. Like, that's not what this is. Uh, you can be affirmed and you should be affirmed negatively as well. The, the premise of this is people want to know if they're doing it right. And you should affirm people often and affirm them on the spot. Um, so affirmation can not only be intentional high fives and encouragement and you're doing awesome and keep it up, but affirmation can be, hey, you try to do it this way. We actually want to do it this way. Too often, leaders and managers will wait until the 90-day performance review to tell an employee that they've been doing it wrong the last 89 days. Hmm. That's good. And why would we do that? You know, the employees don't want that. All of us, as humans, want to be masters of our craft. We want to be good at something. We want to know if we're doing it right. So we have to intentionally create and put systems in place that show us if we're doing it right or not. And this can be done with 
technology with some scoreboards that you update on a daily basis, or you could do it automatically with certain scoreboards or dashboards that you place throughout the office or, you know, on their computer or whatever else it is. Um, it, it can be done intentionally with talking with people and, and, like I said, giving high fives. You did this one thing really well, and this is how it meets our unified purpose. And good job, you know. Um, but affirmation, the heart of it is 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 this done right? And and the proof behind this is not only how you're feeling as I'm talking to you, but the number one of the most you know looked at things on the entire internet is the reviews section of products in Amazon. It doesn't matter if people are getting their investments managed by us and they want a wise advisor to tell them that they're doing it right, or you're buying a toothbrush on Amazon that's 99 cents, you're going to click on the reviews before you click buy and say, is this legit and is this right for me? Like That's yeah. what you're going to do. Yeah. That's, we're wired for that. We want the freedom, but we also want the affirmation too. And uh, you have to provide both. Yeah. You really yeah. have to provide yeah. both. So. You know, and and here's kind of like a, a a pro tip with the affirmation. You want to try and do it in a way that people feel it, and everybody's going to feel it different. As you mentioned, some people are 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 words of affirmation people, and some people aren't. But one of the best things that you can do is whenever somebody on your team, if you are introduced to one of their family members, or a family member comes by the office, or you run into one of their family members at a you know store or a restaurant or something when you're out and about you, the, one of the best things you can do is affirm the employee to the family member hmm. so john are are you married yes yes i am okay so um your wife probably has no idea how good you are at this podcast. I'm just going to be honest, John. I've been on several podcasts, especially lately with the book. I feel like I'm on a tour. And the questions that you're asking, you're creating a really good conversation. You're good at this. All right. I appreciate it. And if, yeah. And and if someone came to your wife, you know, who, who has some authority because they've experienced your podcast and said, Hey, you know, John's really good at at this. You know, I've been on a couple podcasts and, and when he was asking me questions, it felt genuine. It didn't feel 100% scripted. It felt like he was really trying to add value to his listeners, um, and it was a really cool thing. And I just want you to know that I think John's really good at at this podcast thing. How would that make you feel if I told that to your wife right in front of you? That I mean, <laughs> I'd probably get I'd probably get red in the cheeks, man. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like your your spouse, your family, yeah. your kids. Have no idea how good you are at your job. So if you can find an opportunity as a leader to affirm one of your employees in front of the people that they care about most, their parents, their grandparents, their spouse, their kids, their friends, whoever it is, man, that's it. Like as leaders – an affirmation pro tip should be if you are introduced or see somebody that they care about, your trigger should be, boom, I need to affirm this person in front of them. And it's got to be genuine. It's got to be real, right? Yeah. Like don't be fake about yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but that's, a, that's a really, really big deal. That, is, that, that really – I've never thought about that before. But thinking about it now, it, 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 I mean it, it's kind of mind-blowing because, I mean, I, I see how my daughter's she, – she's four years old – how her face lights up when we pick her up from school and, and her teacher's like, Oh, Layla is like one of the best students. She's so well behaved. And, and she gets like this massive grin on her face. Like she's so she, she's, she's proud because we're hearing it, you know? 
Um, and uh, that's, I, I think it, it's, it's motivating for her, you know, it, it's, uh, it's encouraging for her. And so that, that is definitely a pro tip that I'm going to have to put in the show notes here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and not, not only does, does that teacher um, receive joy by giving joy to somebody else, uh, by loving somebody well, by telling you that, um, not only is uh, that teacher just doing the right thing, but it, what that teacher is doing is also increasing the performance of Layla moving forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Layla mm-hmm. is going to continue to behave. Absolutely. And Layla is going to continue to do her best for that teacher and under that teacher's leadership um, because she feels like she belongs. She feels like she is loved by that teacher. That's, that's such a great point. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, man, that's, that's very good. Um, and so, let's see, we have freedom, affirmation, purpose. I mean, purpose is kind of the uh, overarching, uh, I guess, narrative here. We've kind of been talking about that. Um, I, I did have another question. Uh, and this is kind of how we apply it in maybe other leadership uh, avenues. You know, we, this podcast has a lot of listeners who are, you know, ministry, uh, church leaders, pastors. Um, many of them uh, don't lead a team of, of paid individuals to begin with. So would you still say that this philosophy, you know, works the same, like in pretty much all avenues of leadership? Oh, 100%. Uh, John, I, I uh, serve at my church, and um, I really enjoy serving at church. Right now I'm serving in the 456 ministry with the 4th, 5th, and 6th graders. My wife and I do a thing where, um, you know, we, we've always kind of served in, in the youth group, but our, our kind of goal is that I'm going to serve in the ministries where our girls are at so that I cannot be the small group leader, but I can still be there and present. And she's going to, my wife is going to serve in the area where, where our son goes so that she cannot be his small group leader, but she can still be present in the ministry. So I'm currently serving in the four, five, six ministry as our oldest daughter is now in fifth grade. And um, uh, one of the reasons why I love serving in the ministry are two things. I know what the mission is of the church, and I know what the mission is of the uh, ministry. It's to help those kids meet, know, and follow Jesus. And that takes a lot of sacrifice and it takes a lot of love. And I am unified with other people who are also pursuing this. And I'm in community with them as we pursue it. So it's really fun to be on mission, uh, to have a purpose that unifies me with others. Uh, it's, it's great to be able to do it with others. Uh, but at the same time, I have a lot of freedom in the way that I'm able to do it. There are There is a curriculum, but I don't have the, the 456 pastor telling me, exactly how I have to do it. They give me some guidelines and to let me know some things that look like wins and look like losses and try to do this and try not to do that. But ultimately I have the freedom to be able to minister to the kids um, that are in my small group, the way that I see fit because that person trusts me. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't have that freedom, if I was required to follow this curriculum by the book, I would absolutely not want to serve in that ministry. Yeah. It would not having that freedom would be really frustrating. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, whenever there is some wins and some things going on, like I am affirmed often uh, by this leader. And guess what? This leader also affirms me in front of my daughter who's in that ministry who's being served, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
uh, I'm receiving all three of those things, freedom, affirmation, and I know there's a purpose there. And as a result, I really enjoy serving. So this is 100% not only something that works in in a quote-unquote business setting, it works in any leadership setting, whether that leadership is in a ministry with 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 volunteer individuals, uh, or even in your own household. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, I, I I thought about one more question. And I we're kind of uh, having to go back a, a couple steps, but I, I wanted to ask it. Um, when it comes to to, to freedom, uh, there are perhaps some some type of people who um, they 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 feel like. Uh, too much freedom, they don't know what to do with it, uh, and, and so they might need they might need some direction. Um, sometimes, I, don't, I mean, there, there's some people who kind of want you to walk it through with them and, and kind of hold their hand, and and they, they just they they need structure. Um, I don't know if you've ever come across those type of people. If you have, uh, what what advice would you give to to leaders um, as to how to to deal with those type of people, but still give them the freedom, um, but but allow them to feel like you know, em- empowered um, to 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 go out and, and and to work with that freedom that you're giving them, if that makes sense. Oh, John, this is this is uh, more than just some people need structure. Mm-hmm. All of us need it. That's why affirmation is there. Though the hierarchy of motivation goes like this: it's purpose first, affirmation second, and it's second because freedom third. Mm-hmm. For you know affirmation is more motivating than, than the freedom because the affirmation provides that structure. Yeah. Okay. So again, people want to know if they're doing it right. Yes, you give them the freedom, but if you don't show them what winning looks like and you don't provide for them, you know, the tools or the, the guidelines that are needed to, to give that structure, they won't yeah. be able to answer the question, am I doing this right? Right. That's good. You know, yes, people yes. want to know that and they want to know that well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely answered it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so we're, we're kind of reaching the, the tail end here. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that you'd like to maybe leave with our audience, um, you know, before we, we hang up. Um, any, any other pro tips you got up your sleeve or anything like that? <laughs> you know, th- there's just a lot to this. I feel like we could probably talk for, for hours about this, this yeah. topic and, now, obviously, your your listeners can check out my book, but you know all of them can feel free to follow me on Instagram. My handle is at Grant Botma, and I'm basically not only posting every day, sometimes several times throughout the day with with just free information about this stuff, but I'm also doing Instagram stories almost every day okay. where I talk about either finances or I talk about company culture. Sometimes I mix in some parenting stuff or leadership things, but. Yeah, if, if your listeners just follow me on, on uh, Instagram at Grant Botma, that would be a really great place for them to continue to engage with me, uh, ask questions to me personally, whether it be direct messages or in one of my posts. Uh, but I'm consistently putting out information there that's just free for anybody to enjoy. Awesome. And if anyone wants to maybe check out your, your company website, um, maybe get some information on, on, on some of your services, what, what, uh, where would you send them to? Yeah, they can go to stewardship.pro, stewardship.pro, and that's uh, our company, Stewardship, uh, where we do home loans, insurance, and investments and financial planning stuff. Um, and then, you know, if they want more information about the book or uh, the company culture training that I have, they can go to culturecourse.com forward slash book 
culturecourse.com forward slash book. Culture course. All right. Well, Grant, it was a pleasure talking to you today. Um, it was uh, great to, to to meet you and uh, to get in touch with you. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to do another another podcast sometime in the future. Um, maybe go a little bit deeper into, you know, some of the uh, some of these other areas um, of, of, of leadership. I mean, like you said, we could probably have hours of content talking about this stuff. So um, I I'd, I'd definitely love not to be a stranger of of Grant Botma. And, um, you know, hopefully we can connect again in the future and you can just kind of pour out some of that that wisdom and that insight um, to our audience. So thank you so much, man, for um taking the time, the opportunity to come in and be on this podcast. Oh, I'd love to have another conversation with you again. And if we happen to hit record and other people couldn't listen to it, that'd be great. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. I meant what I said earlier. You're good at this, man. And I really have enjoyed this conversation. So uh, I'm grateful and thankful to, to, to be here. And it was a pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, well, uh, we're going to go ahead and and sign off. Uh, Grant, have a, a wonderful rest of your day. I hope that interview goes well and you can add another uh, person to your team that's going to you know, bring value and, and, and just um, be in line with your, with your purpose. I uh, wish you all the best uh, to you, to your family, and to your company, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, John. God bless you, bro. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, that was my interview with Grant Botma. Really hope you enjoyed that. If you did, I want to invite you to leave a rating or a review in iTunes. That really helps us out with the rankings. And share this episode with someone that you think needs it. And uh, we'll see you next time, guys.